The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. All right, so we continue monitoring quite a number of stories that are unfolding this morning. Uh, but we're going to turn our attention to this. Uh, it's a very important one, in particular for businesses. And it's the Protection of Personal Information Act, or Poppy Act. And it comes into effect tomorrow. It was signed into law by President Cyril Ramaphosa last year. But organizations and other state organs which keep personal information were given a reprieve and it was for a year just to become compliant with the new law. Let me welcome onto the platform advocate Pansy Kagula. She is the chairperson of the information regulator. Advocate Kagula, good morning to you to you and uh, to your listeners as well. It's a pleasure to have you on the platform. Let's talk about the Poppy Act. Uh, businesses have had about a year to get compliant. There have been some rumors about the fact that um, there would be some kind of delay in enforcing this uh, act yet again, but that's not the case, is it? No, 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 that's not true. The enforcement powers of the information regulator come into effect tomorrow, being the 1st of July. 2021 what we have done is that we have postponed the coming into effect of one section of the act which is section 582 uh, to the 1st of february 2022 the reason for that or before i give the reason is that that section provides that any person who processes certain types of um, information have to apply or get prior authorization from the regulator before they they can continue with the processing of that information. Mm. If we had not um, postponed the coming into effect of that uh, provision, it would have meant that the people who process that type of personal information had to stop processing until we give them the permission to go ahead with the processing. And we felt that... uh, yeah, and the people who are affected a lot by these are people like uh, the credit bureaus, for mm. instance. They would have to stop processing until they get prior authorization from us. Just looking at the volume of um, applications for prior authorization that we received, we thought that it was prudent and responsible for us to postpone the coming into effect of that section to the 1st of February 2022. So that's the only section. Mm that has been postponed. Advocate Takula, I want us to take a couple of steps back and perhaps even just uh, <coughs> go back to looking at what the Poppy Act seeks to do and, and how it will be enforced. The Act says that a responsible party, and a responsible party can be a private body, can be a public body. So a responsible party that processes personal information has to comply with the eight conditions for the processing of personal information. The Act uses quite uh, unusual terminology. The owner of the personal information, like if the personal information belongs to me, I'm called a data subject. Mm. And the person who processes my personal information is the responsible party. And processing has a very wide meaning it, it, it means collecting information, storing it, recording it. You know, it, it's a very wide meaning. So a responsible party who then 
you know, processes personal information has to ensure that they comply with those eight conditions. The eight conditions, I won't go into all of them, but the important ones, are, they're all important, but I'm just giving you examples to say the responsible party must ensure that they process personal information with my consent. So mm-hmm. I must consent to my personal information being processed. They must collect the personal information from me directly. They must use it only for the purpose for which uh, I have um, consented to my personal information being used. Um, And uh, if they want to use that personal information for any other purpose other than for which I had originally consented to, they must obtain my consent again. And once I've given them my personal information, they're allowed to keep it only for the period for which uh, that personal information Mm. Uh, if it's for a contract, for instance, uh, or for entering into a mobile phone contract, they must keep that personal information only and, and until and unless I'm still contracted uh, to, to to them. Most importantly, they must ensure that they secure that personal information so that it does not land into wrong hands. And we are talking here about data breaches. So those are generally the, mm. the, the eight conditions which have to be complied with. So one of the things that it does, of course, is protect the rights of the consumer. Does this mean that it's going to bring to an end what we have been seeing by different organizations that share your personal information with third parties without your consent? And before you know it, um, you know, you you may have given your, your information to, let's say, a cell phone company. But before you know it, you have a political party. You have a credit organization giving you calls and trying to make you all sorts of deals. Exactly. That is not allowed. I mean, if you if you uh, give your personal information, for instance, I gave an example to a mobile service provider. You are Mm. entering into their you are giving them that personal information for the purpose of uh, obtaining a cell phone and cell phone services from them. That's the purpose for which you have given them that personal information. They cannot, they can, they should use it for that purpose and that purpose only. And they cannot uh, share that personal information with anybody else, transfer it or give it to a political party, uh, for a political party to use it for campaigning purposes. No, that is not allowed. And also in terms of these unsolicited um, messages that we received, for um, direct marketing, the Act is very clear on how it regulates that, because it says that um, uh, direct marketing through unsolicited electronic communication is allowed only in compliance if if certain conditions in the Act are complied with, which means that uh, if a company wants to approach you for direct marketing purposes, they must do that only once. And if they call you and you say, please don't call me again, they should not do that. You must, and when they approach you, they must approach you for so that you can give mm. them consent to market those goods uh, uh, to you. And consent is very clear. It must be voluntary. It must be specific. It must be a specific expression of will. So all those um, practices that we have seen thus far, 
will have to stop by tomorrow because by tomorrow, if we get a complaint against any company that has not complied with the act, then the powers, the enforcement powers of the uh, regulator will be implemented. Advocate Lakula, when we look at the situation, by and large, the damage has already been done in some instances because we've had this data shared and, and, and spread quite widely, at least if the experience of the end consumer has anything to go by. Any recourse for that? Well, unfortunately not, because the Act does not apply retrospectively or backwards, uh, maybe using a an ordinary meaning. So... Mm. Only the complaints that are lodged from tomorrow, those then are the ones that will attract uh, sanctions should we found that the act was not complied with. Advocate Lakula, I have a couple of more questions to uh, to put to you in terms of the enforcement of this matter. I'm going to ask you to please just indulge me with a little bit more time. Uh, it's 9.30. I have to take news headlines and uh, we'll be able to continue the conversation with Advocate Pansy Tlakula. She's the chairperson of the Information Regulator. For now, let me take you to uh, Nomsam Dluli, who's standing by with the latest news headlines. Nomsa, very good morning to you. The Talking Point with Kathy Motlasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We're leading the conversation on the talking point and you can be part of it this morning. The number to use uh, to get in touch with us, 0891 I'll be taking uh, those voice notes at 0614 I'm seeing some of your responses already to the uh, stories that we've been putting on the table and the conversation so far. So let me continue with Advocate Pansi Tlakula. She's the chairperson of the Information Regulator. So, Advocate Takula, you've been emphasizing the point of uh, being able to enforce as a regulator this act as of tomorrow when you receive complaints. What are the the complaint mechanisms that are open to the public and that we should know about? Feels that their personal information was uh, processed contrary to the provisions of the act or in violation with the provisions of the act, they can lodge a complaint with the information regulator. The information regulator will look at the complaint, investigate it. Once it has investigated it and feels that, in fact, there has been a violation, they then, uh, or uh, on the face of it, that there is a violation, the information regulator mm. will then uh, submit that complaint to an enforcement committee. This enforcement committee will uh, consist of five persons. One of the members of the enforcement committee will be a member of the regulator, and the enforcement committee will be uh, chaired by a retired judge. Mm. And the enforcement committee will then uh, look at that uh, investigation that we have done, and uh, they will then have make a, a finding and a recommendation to the, info, to the information regulator regarding action that has to be taken. And that action could be that if a responsible party is found to have violated uh, one of the conditions for lawful processing of personal information, the information regulator can then issue what is called an enforcement notice, which will be a notice which will tell that responsible party what to do. It can say to the responsible party, 
stop processing the personal information in the manner that we have been doing it. If the enforcement, uh, the responsible party fails to comply with that enforcement notice, then he or she will be guilty or it will be guilty of an offense and the offense will be uh, up to 10 years imprisonment. Mm. And an enforcement, uh, and a responsible party who has been found guilty of an offense can also uh, be made to pay, uh, or alternatively, instead of being prosecuted, can pay an administrative fine. And that administrative fine is up to 10 million rand. All right. Advocate Takula, I've got so many questions coming through uh, from different people and our listeners really want to engage you on the subject. I'm I'm going to go to the phone lines quickly. There are a number of calls, so I'm going to ask our listeners to please try and keep it as brief as possible. Mike in Newlands, good morning to you. You, Kathleen, good morning, Advocate. Two quick questions. First of all, um, I don't know how many credit card holders there are in South Africa, but it must run into millions. What kind of turnaround time do you expect? Because I would imagine you could be inundated with complaints. I must say, on principle, I think this is a good idea. But, uh, Advocate, I'm also just concerned about the fact that uh, I see that you were um, once the chairman of the IEC, and I think you were dismissed from that job for being uh, found guilty of fraud by the previous public protector and PricewaterhouseCoopers. Um, does that not affect your position in any way? And also, uh, perhaps uh, worry gives me some concern about the credibility of the organization. Or um, have I got that wrong? Thanks very much. No, you, Thank you, you, you have it wrong. I've never been found guilty, actually, by uh, for corruption or anything like that. So the credibility of the organization has not been affected um, at all because I had to apply and I complied with all the requirements for, for this position. But regarding, regarding, uh, because, and in fact, maybe I even have to say that that even the the issue regarding that building, let me also put it on record that uh, the IEC had applied for that uh, building, the the contract to be set aside by a court of law, and the court dismissed that application. IEC is still in that building, and they have actually renewed. The, the contract for another 10 years. I thought it was important to clarify this. Okay, and but on the question of the credit cards? the question, I mean, the complaints will be, I'm not sure what he, he just spoke about, the credit card, so I'm not sure, but as, insofar as complaints are concerned, of course, there are many complaints that we're going to receive, and but we have staff, and we'll deal with them within the turnaround that we'll be able to do so, taking into consideration our resources. Mm. And, and given the fact that staffing of your office is a big issue and you've spoken about it publicly before about just not having enough resources or even capacity within your office, does that mean that the turnaround time for the complaints that people lodge is going to take some time? So, uh, you know, are you able to give at least an idea? Can we expect investigations to be three months long, six months long? What, what are people working with? It's going to be difficult uh, to say this, but I must say that uh, uh, Treasury has increased our budget by more than 90%. In fact, as of tomorrow, we are getting about uh, uh, 43 new uh, uh, employees, staff members and professionals. So we're hoping that we'll be able to, I mean, to put a time frame is going to be difficult because it also depends on the complexity of the uh, complaints uh, that we're going to be receiving. If a complaint deals with a data breach, for instance, 
that will require expertise, a very specialized expertise, and uh, the investigation of that complaint might take longer. Piladi in Gauteng on the WhatsApp line says, please ask the advocate if it's fair for us to have advocates just po- uh, to have adverts rather uh, just pop up on our phones when we're busy with other activities. Yet we're not remunerated, nor are we given data for those adverts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that as I've, I've indicated that direct marketing through unsolicited electronic communication. Is is, uh, is is from from tomorrow it, that attracts a, a quite serious uh, sanctions. Mm. Mm. So anyone who still receives that uh, can submit a complaint to the commission. Uh, but we 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 still have to interpret the act because the direct marketing sector, for instance, they are saying if you receive a a message uh, from um, in fact a call from a call center that uh, does not um, amount to electronic communication. So, I mean, there are still uh, issues of interpretation that we'll still have to look at as we go forward with um, the enforcement of, of the Act. Let me go to Temba in Mtata. Temba, good morning. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, Advocate. Good morning, I just want Temba. to know this new Act, how does it impact on uh, the credit bureaus? Because sometimes you see your name coming out in credit bureaus without you uh, consenting to that. Mm, mm. Yes. Yes, the Section 58, if you were listening when we started, I said that uh, uh, companies or public private bodies and public bodies uh, that process certain types of personal information will have to get prior authorization. One of those uh, uh, I think it's the uh, credit bureaus are affected by this. So for them to continue with the work that they, they are doing, because they are processing personal information for credit reporting, they will then have to obtain prior authorization from us. But from now until the, the 1st of February, I think they will have to continue uh, doing what they do, except that they, has to, they have to ensure that mm. they, if they continue to process, they must comply with the provisions of Propia, meaning the eight conditions for the lawful processing of personal information. Max Naidu on social media wants to know, Advocate Klakula, are companies now obliged to tell us where they obtained our details from? Yes, uh, there is a section that uh, talks about notification, I think, uh, which says that if if, if a, a company has your personal information, they have mm. to, to notify uh, the data subject uh, uh, where they collected that information and so on. So, that's, so, that's so in the example of of let's say the political organisations, as 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 something we we're talking about earlier, um, am I able to when I do get this call to ask where did you get my 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 details from? And they have an obligation to tell me. And what happens if they refuse to disclose? There is a specific section that excludes um, or regulates the manner in which political parties can approach uh, the electorate for campaigning purposes. Mm. Uh, And it says that a a, a political party can approach a a citizen or let me say a, a member of the public for political persuasion. I mean, it's very difficult to know what 
political persuasion means, but maybe it can be interpreted as campaigning. So they then have to ensure that when they do that, they they can do door-to-door and get your information from you uh, and your cell number, then they can send you campaigning messages. But if they they want to approach you, they can also approach you only once uh, and say to you, uh, do you want to receive campaigning messages? Mm. It's quite a complicated one, but the Act also covers that. And maybe there's something that we'll look at more closely when the elections uh, are approaching. And talking about elections, what we have not talked about in this conversation is that uh, tomorrow being the 30th, Uh, Today, actually, Mm. the 30th of uh, June, uh, the information regulator is taking uh, over the regulation of the Promotion of Access to Information Act, PAIA, from the South African Human Rights Commission. And this is the act through which uh, people can request information from a private or public body. And I'm sure you know about PAIA. Yes, yes. But what is important Mm. about PAIA, what we have not said thus far is that uh, PAIA was uh, was amended in 2019 and that amendment uh, is to the effect that a, a, the definition of a private body has been um, amended to include a political party which means that a political party has then been brought uh, uh, in the uh, within the fold of the promotion of access to information act sure. this happened after the case of the right to know I, I think you remember that case of the right to know where the right to know wanted political parties to um disclose their private their sources of private funding mm, mm-hmm. uh, the, the court uh, found in favor of the right to know uh, and uh, that led to the act called the uh, disclosure of of uh, private funding by political parties, something like that. Mm. There's now an act that compels political parties to disclose their private sources of funding if they received funding over, I think, uh, 10000 I can't remember the amount. So, But the importance of bringing political parties under PAIA is that the electorate or anyone can then put a PAIA request, any PAIA request, mm. to a political party for as long as they want that information for the purpose of exercising their right to vote. I think this is a very, very progressive um, amendment to, to PAIA, and it will um, enhance the transparency of the, elect- mm. the electoral process. Advocate Lagula, you're starting a whole other conversation <laughs> because... <laughs> and we'll probably need to, to come back to it. But just, just while we're here, um, oftentimes we have seen several media companies, in particular investigative journalists, go and use PAIA in order to be able to obtain information from the state, information that is often said to be classified, but, um, you know, just as a way of concealing whatever details it is that government would prefer to not have in the public space. And there have been some, uh, some really successful examples of that. The fact that 
political organizations now fall under, um, as you're saying, that group that is has been previously defined as, as private bodies. It, it, it completely changes the landscape because that means that processes that are often said to be organizational, uh, where there isn't full transparency, if one brings an application, there is a likelihood that political parties will have to declare, and it means greater transparency overall. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That is why I was saying that uh, it's a very progressive um, amendment. Uh, and I must say that uh, the information regulator uh, should uh, actually uh, play a, a major part in making or let me say we made a submission to the portfolio committee at the time when they were looking at uh, the the, um, the amendment bill mm-hmm. and our submission was that if we we want complete transparency uh, in the electoral process then we have to ensure that uh, political parties are also brought within paia and we are quite uh, happy that 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 has happened but coming to the media i think uh, because um, you know, the media plays a very important uh, uh, part uh, in any democracy. If you look at uh, the protection of personal information, our mandate is, uh, in, in, in executing our mandate, we always have to ensure that we balance the right to privacy mm. against the right of access to information. That balance has to be there. And uh, the, the media is also excluded or let me say information process by media by media houses for journalistic purposes that is excluded from mm. the um from 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 uh, the operation of of pi of popia mm. but uh, subject to 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 certain uh, conditions as All well right. All right. because we have to ensure the free flow of information. Uh, I've still got quite a number of uh, callers holding on the line for you, in particular on the Poppy Act. We got derailed a little bit, so we'll have to yeah. make time to to bring you back to speak specifically about uh, the, the amendments to Paia. But Frank in Maritzburg. Morning, Frank. Morning, Cathy. I think the advocate <laughs> is really digressing there because I've been waiting quite a while now. Apologies, uh, what, what, Frank. Sorry. What, Apologies. What, she, what the advocate is, is saying uh, on the policy or, or the act is really, uh, it, it only works on paper. In theory, it, it doesn't work on practice because you see all these regulatory bodies when you complain, your, your complaint goes into the bin. Now, getting back to the... Uh, uh, personal information, Kathy, I had a run-in with uh, Vodacom, and I put them on to Hello Peter. Mm-hmm. And uh, they then came back uh, to Hello Peter about two or three times and said that they replied to me, whereas they, they escaped to phone me now. Uh, how does a common man uh, uh, have a, 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 a act against a company like Vodacom? I mean, they they selling, you get this mobster or mobster, he keeps on phoning me while I'm at a funeral, while I'm in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Kathy. Okay, Frank. Advocate Lagula? Yeah, I think Frank, we have to be all deliberate. We have to be a, a data protection activist, uh, all of us in our little corners where we operate from. If you get a call from that, insist and ask them, where do you get my information? I did not give you my personal information. I'm going to report you to the information regulator. I think we have to be given a, a chance. We are a new organization. We barely five years. We started afresh, from scratch, with nothing to build this organization. 
and I think uh, we are appealing to the South African public to give us a chance so that we can prove ourselves. Our work has to speak for itself. So as a new organization, there's going to be a, a bumpy ride as we begin to, imp- uh, to enforce the act, but we will en- eventually get there. All right. Joe in East London, good morning to you. Morning, Kathy, and good morning to the advocates. Mm. Good morning, Joe. Uh, I want to find out when I download something on YouTube and before the content becomes available to me, there's an advert, one or two adverts coming up mm. that you cannot skip until it has played out. Meanwhile, mm. you will be charged by, by your service provider for the data. And, and somebody else is advertising now, you know, for something that you are not interested in. You know, now I'm charged now for, for that. Now, who's getting out the money for the advert that is playing on my, my data because I'm waiting for the content that I've been looking for from, from YouTube? Am I making uh, sense? Yes. And, yes, and, and, and Joe, that happens quite a bit. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to just stay on the line for me. Uh, Joe, Advocate Lakula is also going to stay on the line. I'm going to take a quick break. We'll continue after this. Hashtag SFM Talking Point. Our thinking point today, another extended version, and Advocate Pansy Tlakula is joining us. She's the chairperson of the Information Regulator. Tomorrow, an important day as the Protection of Personal Information Act, or Poppy Act, comes into effect. And uh, Advocate Tlakula has been taking your questions. Join East London asking about those ads, in particular on YouTube. And many of us have seen them. Sometimes they even play during the content. Two minutes into it, suddenly pops up an ad. And you want to pull your hair out. Advocate Takula, who's benefiting and can can we bring that to an end? It's not our mandate. Uh, it doesn't fall within a, a, the protection of personal information. Uh, maybe that, I don't know, maybe some other regulatory body uh, mm. is responsible for this, but it's, that certainly does not fall within our mandate. All right. Okay, Joe, I hope your question is answered there. Please, can you find out and bring those bodies, you know, on, on your show so that we can ask them, please. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for signing me some good homework. <laughs> I, I don't know where we're going to start, but we'll, do, we'll, 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 we'll try. We'll, we'll make a plan. We always do. Gary in East London, good morning. Good morning. Hi, Cathy. Good morning, Advocate. Good morning, my, Gary. My, I have two questions. Number one is the jurisdiction of the Popia Act. If I... Some companies within the country use external servers or international servers to collect this data. Does the Popia Act cover that uh, uh, external servers that collect this information, their databases, and these same companies can resell to anyone all over the world that information? How, what is the extent or the jurisdiction of, of the Act? Secondly, uh, it, it may sound uh, maybe counterproductive, but we submit our details to Home Affairs. And when, uh, how does this affect government services like CPIC? I don't know if CPIC is a government service, uh, e-services where you put your ID number and your information comes through. Whereas at Home Affairs, I didn't give consent that my information would be used on a wider government strategy. So does that work for personal companies? Does it work for government? Does it work for public? Those are the only two questions I have. Thank you so much. 
yeah, the, the Protection of Personal Information um, uh, Act, I think, applies to personal information that is processed in South Africa. I think um, that that's what the Act says. But mm-hmm. we look at it, into this, yeah, because the, the responsible party. Okay. Uh, it, it applies uh, to the processing of personal information where the responsible party is domiciled in South Africa. But if he's not domiciled in South Africa, that processing must uh, be done through automated or non-automated means in South Africa. You know, So it's important to say that it applies to responsible parties who process personal information in South Africa. Regarding the second question, which is now what Home Affairs, yes. Uh, you know, um, the act is crafted quite, uh, it, it, let me say that, uh, quite carefully, because under each condition, there is an exception. For instance, uh, under the, the condition of uh, consent, where uh, the, the, the Act provides that anyone who processes personal information must do so with the consent of the owner of the personal information. If you look at, you know, that, uh, the, the section dealing with consent, it also has exceptions. For instance, it says that consent of a data subject is not necessary where processing is done for the purpose of performing a public law duty by a public body. And, you know, under each condition, you'll find that uh, public bodies uh, may be excluded. And also uh, public bodies that perform a, a particular function can also be are also exempted from complying with the provisions of, 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 of POPIA. So it's important. I mean, we'll have to look if a complaint is against a public body. We will then have to look if it's against uh, home affairs. Mm. We'll have to look at uh, which of the eight conditions are applicable to home affairs and which of those uh, are not applicable. And then we'll be able to make a determination whether there has been a violation or not. All right. May, uh, may I ask a follow up? Sure, sure, one? sure, Gary. Uh, so. So won't there be a loophole? Let's assume I'm a call center. I'm collecting information for a cell phone company within the country, but Mm -hmm. my servers are in Botswana. If the cell phone company can claim that we are outsourcing services of a call center, and the call center will say, but we are not Ah, under the jurisdiction. Mm -hmm. So so, so it's, Mm. it's, it's... for me, with with the digital space, it's it's and the international internationality, mm-hmm. lack of a better word, of the digital space. Um, I, I foresee I foresee a lot of loopholes similar to the one that I'm just pointing out. I read the whole Popia Act, by the way, and I think it's a great initiative, but it 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 really it it just touches the surface. Is my mm-hmm. opinion on uh, mm-hmm. and there's so much loopholes and so forth within the internet that. Uh, people will claim that, but we do not fall under the jurisdiction. And they can mm. put that in their terms and conditions that we do not hold servers in South Africa. And so uh, how, uh, how how will the Popia Act make the companies account that are using such services? I think that is something mm. that you need to just discuss. 
And, yes, and, yes. and see how you, you we can be helped. But thank you so much. All right, all right, Gary. Well, yeah, a very but, important but, point there, yeah? yeah. Advocate Lakua? I think I think I mean we have to interpret in particular and for Gary's sake uh, that section three B um uh, which I referred to because it says uh, the act applies to the processing of personal information if the responsible party is not domiciled in South Africa but make use of automated or non-automated means in the Republic of South Africa. Mm. And that unless those means are used only to forward personal information through the Republic. So it's really in the interpretation of this section because the, the act, this act is not a, a simple act. It's quite complicated. It can be quite technical. So, so you're so, saying that it wouldn't be so easy for a company to evade accountability by merely saying our servers are not in South Africa? Yes, exactly. If they process personal information of South Africans. Yes, okay. I think so. But it's something that we will look at carefully. Okay. Sam in Durban. Good morning to you, Sam. Hi, hi. Um, hi, sorry, morning. you've been holding for a long yes, time. Yes, 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 mm. ma'am. Sorry. Um, uh, okay, your previous callers, I'm about to make an, uh, a comment or, or question, but your, uh, I confer with the previous caller. In terms of the, let me give you an example, a social media based in Silicon Valley. That's, yes. that's global. When you are downloading that app, you have to press accept or submit and accept. When you press accept, basically, you're selling everything to them. You're giving off everything because in their cookies policy, terms and conditions, and their terms and conditions, so you have cookies policy. Cookies is where I can log into that hardware, your cell phone, laptop, desktop, whatever, and I can extract your personal information, Mm -hmm. and you are giving them permission to do that. And very, very few people know about this. Because while you are asleep two, three, four in the morning, those guys are extracting that information, that data from your hardware. And and, and that is not right. I think Mm -hmm. it's time that we move towards a direction where people own their data. Mm. And Poppy Act is the best thing that happened in this country, and I'm sure in maybe, hopefully, three, five, ten years' time, we can overlap with the U.S., U.K., Europe, Russia, China, and whoever else the big players are in the world or on this globe. We can overlap this act and protect this global village, the individuals or the people or the consumers of this global village. Sure. A very important issue that you're raising, Sam. Absolutely true. And uh, that's why people are saying data is the new oil or is the new gold because Mm. because people are mining it. They are making millions out of it. You saw yesterday in the media that uh, the value of uh, Facebook is now a trillion dollars. Mm. I don't even know how that is. And I mean, they've just made money out of uh, personal information of the users. You know, Advocate Lakula, 
We have yes. completely run out of yes. time for oh, this sorry, conversation. Sorry. <laughs> uh, we can have part two of it because yes. I think there's a lot of interest from our listeners as well. The phone lines are still uh, going off the hook. Unfortunately, folks, we're going to have to uh, leave it there for today, but we'll certainly try and bring her back up because I think a number of issues that uh, you would still like her to deal with. It's two minutes after 10, uh, late for news. Nomsam Guli, good morning to you.